Welcome to the Spokane Show, where I feature in-depth interviews with fascinating people while offering a fresh perspective on culture, community, and much more. I'll take you with me on deep dives into some of today's most compelling topics, and hopefully we're going to share some laughs along the way. This is a show about life, so please join me, your host, Eric Walker, for this episode of The Spokane Show. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Spokane Show. Today on the podcast, we have guest Frank Seferro, a.k.a. Frank Scalise. He was a police officer in Spokane from 1993 to 2013, during which time he either did or commanded the unit that did virtually every job that the department performs. He retired as a captain, and today Frank writes gritty crime fiction from both sides of the badge. He's written more than 40 novels, including the River City series and the Spokompton series, both set in different versions of the Lilac City. In addition to writing, Frank is an avid hockey fan and a tortured guitarist. He lives now in Redmond, Oregon. Frank, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. What is the name of your latest book? Uh, well, which one? I've <laughs> been, been releasing quite a few. The one that I'm going to be talking about at Auntie's on October 14th is called The Ride Along. It is a, a police reform activist uh, who's a teacher uh, and a patrol cop who's a veteran patrol cop, both of them uh, good people with very different views on on the subject of contemporary policing. They end up in a patrol car for a graveyard shift for, for 10 hours. And as you can imagine, uh, have a, a lot to say to each other that's not exactly uh, always agreeing. What's the setting? This is set in Spokane. Uh, it's part of the Charlie 316 series that I write with Colin Conway. Technically, it's the fifth book in that series, but the first four books detailed a, a character arc, a, kind of a, a, a plot line that, that went through all four books and 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 concluded. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but we call it the Taylor, Tyler Garrett arc. And um, now we're writing what are essentially standalone books set in that same universe. And that's where the write-along comes in. It is, it could be read you know, completely independent of the rest of the series, but it still is connected. Let's walk back really quick. What motivated you to become an author? What did that passion start? Oh, when I was very young, when I was a kid, I think uh, I think there's really two kinds of writers. There's people who come to it, you know, kind of later in life and discover it and so forth. And and then there's people who that's what they've always felt like they are, much like a, a musician might always feel like they're a musician or or, or something like that. And I, I fall into that latter category. I I've thought of myself as a writer and wanted to be a writer and, uh, you know, since I was 10 years old. And when you were ready to retire, that was the first thing you thought of doing, right? Or you were probably writing as you, during your career. Yeah, I was. I, I, I wrote most of my life, but I didn't really start writing what I would say professionally until about 2004 or so. I was about 11 years on the job by then. Um, for, for your listeners, I, I was a, a Spokane police officer for 20 years in a day. And so, you know, I mean, when I started writing short stories and, and, and novels, 
you know, you write what you know, right? You write what you're experiencing. And I was experiencing law enforcement. I was experiencing crime fiction, essentially. Uh, and so that's what I, I started working on. I've got about eight different series uh, of crime fiction. Some of them are closed in that they're, you know, they're done. There's four books in the series. There's three books in the series and it's done. Some are open. Um, like my River City series, my main series, that's open. I'm adding books to that all the time. And Spokompton is is kind of the flip side of that. Um, you know, the tagline on my on my website says that I write gritty crime fiction from both sides of the badge. Well, River City is the police side of the badge. Spokompton is the underside. It's 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 where the criminals are more main characters and 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 they're and since everybody's the hero of their own story, they're they're the heroes. But uh, uh, so that's a little different. The the Charlie three sixteen series is a is a police procedural series and uh, that I write with with Colin Conway and it's I would say uh, con it's about contemporary policing uh, and and the ride along specifically dives into that topic has anybody that you used to work with they ever approach you and say hey dude that sounded like me in your book <laughs> i actually i recently did i did a blog tour for my uh, uh river city book that just came out here this uh, in september and uh, some of them they ask you to do a guest post and that was the topic of one of the guest posts and i'll be honest with you eric i used to just say no that wasn't that and and just that was my the party line if you will um and i stuck to that for a long time and it was mostly true because that was a lot easier than explaining that i drew from my law enforcement experience uh, a lot but i drew from it, it, it i applied it in in very small tidbits here and there so you know i mean if you and I had interacted and you made a comment that was funny, that comment might find its way into a book someday, right? <laughs> um, but it might be, you know, a woman who said it and it might, you know, she might have been a, 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 police, a lieutenant. And, you know, I mean, somebody, you know, it's not a one for one. It's never a one for one. But occasionally, yeah, people will will say that that uh but more often they say that reminds me of so and so or 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 whatever. Uh the truth is there were, you know, I mean, the, the Thomas Chisholm character was based on a real officer with his permission. Uh, and I, I, I've made no secret about that. And in this more recent Troy through 16 series, I leaned on a detective uh, for some, you know, kind of detailed forensic sort of knowledge that I didn't have. I, you know, my detective time was a couple of years in property crimes. So I needed to talk to this, this homicide detective. And and, you know, he was helping us out so much. And I said, hey, um, you know, we've got like a walk-on role. You know, we've got a detective who happens to be in major crimes that we have to give a name to. He doesn't have much of a part at all, just a throwaway line or two. How about if we name him after you? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So we did. And it turned out he had a couple of scenes in the way the story ended up going when we finished it. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the series, the guy was like a supporting character. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so there's this detective in the first four Troy 316 books that if anybody on the police department reads or anybody in the city that pays attention, they'll be like, wait a minute, there's really a guy named that. So, right. uh, you know, and so so it's more true now, I guess, than it was, you know, 15 years ago when Are I was going to share the name. Uh, yeah, it was Detective Marty Hill. Yeah, I needed a smart cop. Uh, I needed a, a a guy with good humor that, you know, people naturally like. And, right. And he fit the bill. And, and as it turned out, his character, uh, as always ha happens when you're writing something, no matter how much you plan, characters sneak up on you and, and require more attention or take up more screen space than you expected. And 
that Marty Hill character did as well and ended up having a, a much bigger role uh, than expected. It was still secondary or tertiary, but it, it was meant to be a cameo. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that was, that was kind of cool. You know. and, well, yeah. the rule was, I, you know, I made it clear with my co-author who was fine with it, you know, you know, that character has to be a good guy and look good. And, you know, I mean, we're using the guy's real name. He has to be a hero. He can't be, he can't turn out to be a bad guy in any way. I like that the setting is in Spokane. Have you ever received any negative feedback about that? Yeah, you know, it's, I have kind of a love-hate affair with my hometown, you know, I mean, after a 20-year career there in law enforcement, there was a little ugliness that, you know, I, I knew about that, that kind of stuck with me for a little while. So, I mean, I, I kind of wasn't, it's like a marriage, right? I mean, there are times where maybe you and your spouse, uh, you, you don't love each other as much as you used to, or things have to change to get back into that groove. And it was kind of the same thing. But the thing about Spokane is there's the flip side of that too. I mean, it's a beautiful city and it has a very unique character and and not every city does. After I retired, I, I taught law enforcement leadership for the International Association of Chiefs of Police for about four years. And it was a pretty intense program that was three weeks long. Uh, you do a week and then come back for a second week and, you know, a month later and so forth. So I had the opportunity to go all over the U.S. and Canada to these different cities and, and these different police departments and, and experience cops that were, weren't from Spokane, right? And so I discovered you know, those things that we thought we were better than anybody else at that we really weren't. But I also discovered that there were some things that we were better at. And and it was the same thing with the city. Some cities have a lot of character and some are very generic. Mm. And, and Spokane is not generic by any means, which makes it an excellent setting for crime fiction because it's believable that the bad stuff could happen. But it's also believable that good people would want to live there because there's a lot of great reasons to live there. It occurs to me that maybe the Spokane River is a pivotal part in in, in a story. No, well, accurately, because it, it plays in, in in a couple of different books in the River City series in particular. There's a scene in the second book that takes place on the Post Street Bridge that's pretty traumatic right there above the river. Of course, because it's River City, I can't call it the Spokane River because that doesn't make sense. So right. it's the Looking Glass River in that series. But in the uh, the Menace of the Years, the, the fifth book, which takes place at Y2K, there's another pretty important scene that happens in the river. Um, and, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but, uh, but you're, but you're right. I mean, the river is just like the mountains. The river is a, a major geographical, uh, feature of, of Spokane. And, and, you know, the fact that you can drive 20 minutes and be in the middle of nowhere, but you can also go see a Broadway play, you know, I mean, these things are part of the character of the city and, and I think make it an interesting city. I've written 40 books now and I'd have to go, I'd have to go count, but I'll bet you probably close to 30 of them are set in Spokane or, or River City, which is a thinly veiled Spokane. So I like the setting. Uh, I'm comfortable with the setting and the setting works for a variety of reasons. How, how long did it take you to write this latest installment? Uh, well, the ride along was kind of a weird example because I did write it, uh, it, you know, as part of a series that I write with another author who is a Spokane author, Colin Conway. He writes a series uh, called the 509 series that's set in Spokane. Now you'll know what 509 refers to, but uh, 
a lot of people have to have it explained to them that it's the area code for Eastern Washington. And so all of his books, uh, virtually all of them are set uh, in Eastern Washington, most of them in Spokane. And and he came up with this idea for, for Charlie 316. We ended up working together on it. And we had a process when we worked together for those four books that was something I talk about a lot when I when I get into the discussions uh, with people about collaboration. But when it came to the ride-along, originally that was going to be a just a solo book. I didn't have it planned for the Charlie 316 series. It was set in just a, you know, any town USA. And I started writing it and I, I realized really quickly about a quarter of the way into it that I needed a stronger sense of place because where policing is concerned, while people may get up in arms and have opinions about what happens at the national level, and, and it does have an impact locally. I mean, I came on the job in 93 and we were hearing about Rodney King, right? And that happened in LA. So, I mean, the things that really resonate with people, I mean, they say all oh, politics are local, right? It's those local things that happen. So New York City may do something horrible. You know, LA may do something horrible and everybody may agree that officer made a was wrong or bad or made a mistake or whatever. You know, there's no question there. It doesn't always transfer to the local place, uh, at least not for everybody. Uh, but if something happens locally, well, that changes everything. And there have been a few things, obviously, in Spokane that have happened that 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 have met that criteria. And, and I realized that for a, you know, for a woman who is a teacher, which is a demanding profession, to want to become involved in police reform at the local level, there would need to be some local things worth reforming. Uh, you know, she wouldn't be as concerned about it if it was just at the national level. Um, I had to figure out where to put it. And long story short, uh, it, the only place it really fit was the Troy 316 universe, which was a perfect fit because of all the stuff that happened in the first four books. Reached out to Colin and he said, yeah, let's do it. We just have to do it a little differently. And so I ended up writing the first draft of that and and it usually takes me about a month to write a draft. Then we went into our back and forth revision process, and that usually only takes a couple of weeks. Uh, and and he brought some things to the table that really really made a difference and made it a much better book. Do you ever see yourself saying, "Oh, you know what? This premise kind of fit another scene and another book that I wrote." Do you, do you ever find yourself in some crossover? Oh, basically repeating myself. Right. Right. <laughs> Not in a big way, no. All writers have kind of writing tics, you know, like things that, that will happen more often in their books than in other people's books or something that happens in a lot of their books or phrases they use a lot. But I don't think I've ever lifted wholesale something and used it and then realized, oh, geez, that's exactly what happened in, you know, book three of the Anya series. Like, uh, if I have ever done that in the writing process or I realize it's getting too close, I toss it and figure out something else because I don't, I don't want to repeat myself, at least not verbatim. Tell me about your October 14th event at Auntie's Bookstore. Oh, uh, Colin Conway and I are going to be at Auntie's Bookstore. I think it starts at 7 uh, for an author event, talking about the ride-along. Usually they ask you to do a, a short reading, and then they take questions from the assembled group, uh, and then you sign books and chat with people afterwards. Uh, it's Those are always a lot of fun. Auntie's is a great uh, venue for, for those sort of events. And uh, I haven't done one at Auntie's in quite a while. I moved out of the area uh, back in 2016. So uh, it's been, and then of course the pandemic occurred. And so it's been kind of difficult to uh, to get anything scheduled. But I felt like this would be a good book for that because it, it feels like feels like an important book to me. 
and uh so getting in front of more people was was uh, uh I'm, I'm glad to be able to do that what's your next project uh well on the 11th of october my fourth Spocompton book comes out that's uh live and die this way uh, which is about a small female burglar who is uh burglarizing homes and basically keeping her and her addict twin brother uh, above the waterline. Uh, but then she breaks into the wrong house at the wrong time and sees something that she shouldn't see. And uh, now she's on the run. Uh, so that, that comes out on the 11th of October. Uh, and uh, right now I'm, I'm writing the fourth uh, Stefan Copriva mystery. Um, in fact, I just got started a couple of days ago. So that's, uh, that's up and running. Wow, you are a busy man. <laughs> well, it's busy. it's what I always wanted to do, yeah. you know. I mean, oh, I, since I was a kid, I wanted to be full-time writer and I'm fortunate enough to to be in a position, you know, in my life where I can pursue that and so I figure anything worth doing is worth doing, you know, in for a penny and for a pound, right? I I am looking forward to uh being hooked on your books. I I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen to me. Well, Frank, I thank you very much for taking the time out of your day. I appreciate that, and I, I just really thank you for, I mean, you could have finished your 45th book by now. You spent <laughs> the time with me, and I appreciate it. Well, I'm always always happy to talk to folks about, I mean, I, I feel like I'm the one that should be thanking you uh, for giving me the opportunity to talk about my work, and I definitely always have time for, for people in the Lilac City. Thanks a lot, Frank. Well, that does it for this episode of The Spokane Show. Next time, I'll sit down with Matthew Spore, former publisher of the award-winning weekly Spokane-based newspaper called The Local Planet. And he has recently published a memoir called Making a Small Fortune. And then stay tuned because soon I'll be dropping the four-part series about homelessness in Spokane. Please rate the podcast, follow the show, and share it with your friends. I'm Eric Walker, and you've been listening to The Spokane Show.